The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network and in association with NDPW.com. Turnbuckle Talk is sponsored by CollarAndElbowBrand.com, where you get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST. Turnbuckle Talk is also partnered with Phoenix at FNXFit.com, where you get 15% off all your health supplements simply by using promo code TBTALKPOD. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TV Talk Pod. Listen on Podbeam, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere you catch your favorite programs. And now, pro wrestling fanatics, are you ready? Here are your hosts, Mighty Joe Morin and Carl Carafel. Welcome, everybody. My name is Carl Carafel alongside Mighty Joe and our returning new friend, Man, people, if you have not listened to anything that this guy does, I absolutely love this guy, and you definitely need to go and listen to whatever he is doing. Our friend, JPJ, and this is Turnbuckle Talk. Yeah, man, it's good to be back for another episode of Turnbuckle Talk. Usually, you and I will kind of shoot the breeze about what's kind of going on in the past week, but I I wanted to just start off. Because uh, I will pass things over over to uh, um, you, Carl and Joe, f- to uh, to plug the the Trevor project. But I want to kind of start out by just uh, kind of putting over JPJ here as much as possible. Because uh, I mean, you're fairly new to the game, brother. But I mean, like I, I like specifically requested to produce uh, one of your main shows between two beers. Because I, I mean, I, I saw your first episode. I'm like, these guys are you and John are just doing an incredible job. But like, I need to be a part of this, even if it's behind the scenes recording and. Uh, pushing the buttons and turning the knob, so to speak, man. Now you guys are killing it with between two beards and of course the war report and all that uh, great stuff, man. It's, it's great to have you back here on turnbuckle talk. Yeah. Thank you guys. Too kind. The words you're saying, but I appreciate them very much. I mean, I think the thing that works for me is like, I'm just having a blast, man. Like it's just, I'm a 36 year old dude. That's been watching wrestling my whole life. And I never dreamed of being able to just chat about wrestling with other people that love wrestling. (laughs) No pun intended, but kind of pun intended. Like I, so I don't know if it just comes off that way, but like I've heard, you know, things like you gentlemen just said about me that I appreciate and still kind of blow my mind. I'm like, yeah, I'm just a regular guy. just kind of talking, (laughs) you know, I, in my own brain, I'm like, I don't know, whatever. But, uh, I appreciate that. It's it's a lot of fun between two beards, the wool report, just everything we do like on love wrestling, all the reacts being on here. You guys invited me back for a second week in a row. Like it's all a blast and it's all fun to me. And I think that kind of is why it comes off across that I'm, that I'm having so much fun doing it is because I literally am like, it doesn't feel like work or anything. It's just like, yeah, I'm just having fun talking to good people about wrestling. You know, absolutely. All right, boys. Now, before, For all of you yeah, that ahead, don't know as of yet, we have shifted things a little bit here with Turnbuckle Talk, and we have become 
part of the Love Wrestling family with this broadcast. They have been doing some amazing stuff over at Love Wrestling, and one of the greatest things that they have done this month, during Pride Month, is offering support. Take a look down at the ticker below, everybody, and you will see that we have been raising funds for the Trevor Project, an amazing company that has been going through and doing what they can for those within the Pride community. And not only just for those in the Pride community, but really anybody that is is having any type of thoughts or and needs any type of help, they're there for you. Go check out the, Pre- the TrevorProject.com is where you go for that. But for us here, we had a goal of $1,000 to raise for the Trevor project. And by God, we hit that before the middle of the month. It was, we hit it. Yeah. Oh, it was unbelievable. So we have raised that up to $2,000. And I know with the help and support of everybody that we can hit that. So how do you help out and support? It's easy. Take a look at the ticker below. Donate.tiltify.com slash at love wrestling ca slash trevor project you're going to be helping out so many people that that need it that might not be able to talk to their friends and their family about situations that are going on in their life they can go and talk with these people and they have helped so many people and we want to be able to help them continue to help other people as well. And guys, even if you can't financially uh, donate or support, share the link, um, share, share a post. Um, then you can at least spread the word and then somebody there might uh, be able to do it. So don't feel, don't feel guilty for not, for not doting, but um, still help spread the word. Uh, because it is an important uh, thing that we're doing here, and uh, just it, as Joe just mentioned, like it's kind of mind blowing to me that that you know less than two weeks into uh, promoting this, I mean we've already destroyed uh, that goal of a thousand dollars. You know I've been uh, part of other things where we've done charities that have fallen completely flat, and then to, just to see this and the, the response and everything uh, for it has just been absolutely incredible. It, re- it really has. And, you know, I felt good about it after like, you know, when we first did this, we had our first couple streams on June 1st and we were already like a couple hundred, three hundred dollars in after day one. And I was thinking to myself, like, yeah, we're going to we're going to do this and we're going to do it relatively soon. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 great to see. And it shows that, like, we got good people in our community and our love wrestling community that want to help other people, which is what we're trying to do here. So, I mean, it's really been a good effort by everybody, all of us and specifically the people that have donated and shared and made awareness. And like you said, don't feel guilty if you cannot down, uh, donate yourself, raising awareness on things is almost as important as raising money. And yeah, I'll kind of leave it at that. So like, even if you can't donate, like Joe said, share the link. Cause there's probably plenty of people that can, and if you can't, sharing that link, which leads to more donations, is equally as important as you donating yourself. So anything we can do, let's just keep on doing it. Let's just keep crushing these goals because we still so, got half the month left. So yeah. let's keep going. You know, That's right. So for the majority of this episode today, we are going to leave that link down below. Uh, unfortunately, you can't click on it, but as it's scrolling, write it down and then type that into your browser. We will leave that there for everyone. 
Absolutely. All right, boys, let us get into some professional wrestling discussion here. And let's kick off with, I know this is slightly old news because it, as typical, and Carl can vouch for me on this one, and JPJ, if you become regular here all the time, you'll start to notice this trend happen with us is that uh, our episodes happen and then usually minutes or hours following our program, breaking news tends to happen, which is why we try and have a breaking news segment, but <laughs> it always happens after the show. Um, we're talking Leo Rush, of course, made his uh, debut there at uh, Double or Nothing, and it seems that like some type of injury may or may not have happened, and then shortly after, he's basically saying that he wants to quit the wrestling business. Um, it just, I, I saw it, I was just kind of blindsided, I was just like, wow, oh, okay. Yeah. That was my immediate reaction, I was like, well, you're going to wrap it up with that. Yeah. Um, it, it was weird. It was, especially because I thought he had a good showing yeah. at Double or Nothing. You know, like yeah. he wasn't in the match terribly long, and I don't know if the injury had something to do with that. But um, he got a good pop. It was a surprise. Yeah. We were on, you know, preview shows, and none of us picked Leo Rush to be the Joker. He Absolutely was out of the blue. Yeah. Uh, it was a nice surprise, and he did well. And then all of a sudden you hear that he banged up his shoulder, and it's a kind of a not a great injury. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you hear the next day that he's retiring. He's 26. Yeah. 26 years old. That's super duper young. Very young. And, you know, I mean, obviously he knows himself best if that's a decision he wants to make, whether it's family related, like he said, or maybe he's just got a bad injury and it's not the first one. And he's like 26 and he's like, I don't want to end up having these litany of injuries as I get older. I don't know. Um, but 26 is a little young. I wouldn't be shocked if somewhere down the line and we see him again because he is so young and has so much more left to give. But uh, yeah, I think this kind of took everybody by surprise. Big yeah. time. What about you, Carl? What was your uh, reaction to, to this news dropping? I, I definitely I was shocked by it, considering like we, we had seen him in MLW. Everything was great. He was doing fantastic stuff stuff over in MLW. Um personally am i a fan of of him like uh, as a person maybe not i you know what i i usually found him to be a little bit um cocky maybe um about himself when really i don't think that it was it was warranted but professionally inside that ring he could go yep. he was definitely a great worker inside that ring so to have this news come out Total, total shock, especially having that Joker card and coming out and and like that was that was a pop. There was a pop when that happened. There was a surprise that nine times out of ten in the wrestling business, we already know because of the internet. Mm-hmm. So we already know, oh, this person's backstage. So yeah, yeah, especially with WWE, um, you know, when they're doing the Royal Rumble. Yeah, we we kind of already know who's gonna be there and who's not. Uh, but this was a genuine surprise yeah. that I was happy about. But then sustaining injury. And then, you know, the decision to kind of call it quits, which shocking. It definitely was a shock. Because this possibly could uh, tie right into directly into our next topic here with this. Because, um, I mean, you had mentioned it there, Carl, with that kind of the cocky attitude of, you know, I'm already. I already know that I'm better with than you. And like, like just like outside of character, because we know like MGF and some of these guys do that type of shtick there. But uh, 
I mean, this is typically a mindset that, you know, in the old school professional wrestling days would not have suited you well. That kind of attitude, those guys in that locker room would eat you alive. If you had that kind of attitude because there's a hierarchy in professional wrestling and even some some smaller companies. I actually went back uh, to make a uh, localized reference to to Canada here. Uh, Just recently on iTunes, it it happened to be uh, discounted. Uh, The the little mini documentary on CWE went and watched that. And, you know, when they're touring the country, you know, we had the younger guy, uh, Tyler Colton, who is uh, is an up-and-coming talent. But Danny and AJ Sanchez, they're the experienced guys. So you know what? Colton's got to ride in the back. I mean, there's a hierarchy to, to how things kind of work, and you, you need to know your place. So this attitude of, you know, like being very young, but already feeling like you know it all, typically does not suit you well in the wrestling yeah. business. Yeah. Right? Because... I've said it before, just life in general and on in, in this podcast and other platforms I've been on, regardless of what you do, what your profession is, whether, what your hobby is, whether it be professional wrestling, whether it be talking about wrestling, whether it be being a construction worker, whether it be a, uh, a barista, whether it be being a security guard, there is always going to be somebody that has more experience and knows more than you do. You're never going to get to the point to where you know it all. It, it just it doesn't exist. So yeah. you need to have the, the, the attitude, the better attitude is to have is to be a, essentially a dry sponge to absorb all the information that's come before you and, and to, to be somebody that's willing to uh, receive criticism, constructive criticism and be able to, to learn and to change, not to go in with the attitude of, well, I already know all there is to know and I'm, I'm I just, I'm better than you are already. This, it's, a, it's, a, it's an attitude, it's a mindset that just typically doesn't work out well. Yeah, and there were when he was in WWE, some of the issues, at least backstage, was like he what he refused to carry people's bags and stuff like that. Which you can look at that either way you want to look at it. Like I understand those old rules when it comes to feedback and things like that. Like I think that's where you were really referencing, Joe. Yeah, I mean I'm the manager of where I work, not doing this wrestling stuff, and I learn things every day. Like that's part of the gig. You grow, you learn. I, w- I even if it's someone who's below me, like one of my baristas, well, it doesn't matter. Like I learn things from them too every day, whether it's work related, life related. You know, I'm not a 20 year old kid anymore. So the more info I get on that culture and those type of people help me be able to manage people that are 20 years old, you know? So like you should always be learning and you should always be growing. So having that mentality, 100%. And any like I agree with you a hundred percent. When it comes to some of the things you've heard with him, like refusing to like kind of do the ritual, like oh you're the new guy, so you got to clean up after me and you got to carry my bat. Some of that you, hit or miss for me, like that's old school to a point where I think some of that should probably change. But as far as like what you mentioned, Joe, that's not an attitude that's going to suit you forever. Like at some point you're going to have that moment where you eventually learn and (laughs) it's either going to be the hard way or the easy way. Right. And those kind of things were not very good to hear when you read some of that stuff, when it came to Leo rush, you know? And again, to make reference to that CWE documentary again, I want to plug that as well. If you get a chance to check out, check out, it's absolutely fantastic. Talking about touring professional wrestling in Canada during the winter time. Um, during that particular tour, they had Jake the Snake Roberts uh, on the tour. I mean, he is uh, about as high up as you can get when oh, yeah. it comes to professional wrestlers and all the experience. And he, even Jake, 
was still helping put out chairs, mm-hmm. putting together and taking <laughs> apart the ring. Carl and I even had the experience of uh, setting up, uh, actually taking down chairs with Jake the Snake Roberts. D- dude is like, is experienced as you can get. Oh, yeah. And he even still will do that. So these younger guys, if you think that you're above doing this kind of stuff, you are incorrect. It, it's just not how it works. And having that attitude just will not suit you well. I know with with Leo, I guess supposedly you know, there was a, a beef with uh, uh, Mark Henry, and I guess that mm-hmm. was kind of... That was- uh, that the, that got fixed before he kind of came over. But I, I want to kind of weave this into our next topic here because part of me has a feeling that maybe this is also per, at the root of uh, the issue here. Um, of Professor wrestlers suffering from what, essentially what I call a fear of success. And, and this isn't unique to the wrestling business. This is um, something that happens everywhere with certain things where it's like you get to a certain, or you're about to get to a certain level and then it, it, it scares you or it freaks you out. I'm wondering if maybe that could be part of the issue here because he did get a really good pop there and it was like maybe it, it like startled him. Because I, we've, I've mentioned it too before, you know, it happened with the same company, uh, Kylie Ray. I think I think another, a, a really good example uh, of this kind of happening, you know, because up to this point, you know, she had really kind of been doing a lot of independent work and then got over really, really well with AEW. And then it's it's almost like it, it scared her. And she, you know, she distanced herself away from the wrestling business. Um, this is something that uh, I, th- I think is a real phenomenon here that uh, I don't think a lot of people are talking about uh, a fear of success in the wrestling business, because I think that uh, it's worth talking about. I'll start with you, Carl. I mean, it definitely is there. And like you said, it's not just within the professional wrestling business. I mean, it is in every professional sport that you can think of. It is, it is in radio. It is in broadcast. It is in movies yep. like actors as well. Like they, they, they get this. What's difficult is learning how to overcome that fear that you're having to go on to succeed, right? I think um, I heard a story years ago that uh, one of my favorite actors, okay, Nicolas Cage, one of my all-time favorite. I love watching anything that that guy does. But he had fears at the very beginning. He had fears that he wasn't good enough, that he couldn't do this, that you know he was just going to become a, a hack, that, that it wasn't going to happen. And then his mindset changes to where he's going, I just got to do this, and I can, I can definitely be me. And if the people love me or the people hate me, it doesn't matter because there are so many people that love him and so many people that hate him. And he has embraced that. And, I mean, you, you hear nothing about Nicolas Cage now on big oh, really? programs or big uh, movies. But, you know, he is probably one of the hardest workers in Hollywood. He does... Anywhere from eight to fifteen smaller independent films throughout the year, which is unheard of. No one else does. Not even The Rock does that. One of the biggest people in Hollywood right now, but Nicolas Cage does, right? So because he got over that, he learned how to get over that. Uh, so I mean, that's what you got to do, and it's 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 very hard to do. It's a it's a it's a mindset thing, and it's a mindset change and it's something that needs to click within you and if it doesn't it doesn't i mean there's nothing that you can do about that when it does though you're unstoppable and maybe this step away from the business because of an injury or something like that might give 
Leo Rush, that little bit of a click inside of him that goes, no, I definitely can. And I'm not afraid. Right. So, and, and, and that goes for anyone that is having any of those doubts. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, there is a strong mental side and it, it is all mental. I think like, you know, mental health is real. And I think when you, when things start to go really well, you start, you know, you're not really thinking in the moment all the time. You're thinking about, Ooh, all right, things are going well. Like, what does this mean this month from now, or maybe next a year from now, whatever. And when you're on the brink of success, especially at something on this type of platform that is professional wrestling, AEW, WWE, like that's nationally, that's national television weekly. Like that's big time stuff. Right. So like, yeah that's going to creep into you and it's going to be like, Oh man, like, wow, this seems like it's going well. Like, and you start thinking about how many people are going to be watching me. Like how big is my platform? And I could see you cause I, I would, it would probably happen to me. I, I would have to get over Like I figure out a way to get through it, push through it really like Carl said, yeah. but that will happen. I also think, and again, I don't want to come off as uh, the guy in his thirties talking about younger people, but I work with a lot of younger people. And I do think the mentality of the younger generation is different. Like, I don't know if it's, if, I don't know if this goes into the wrestling business, but like, I don't even think it's really a fear of success all the time. I think is they want to be successful in their own way. Mm. And I feel like when we all started watching wrestling, whether it was eighties, nineties, whatever, like that way was getting to WWE. You got to WWE. They were the biggest, they still are. Duh. But like they were really for a long time, the biggest or the only wrestling company in town, right? So that's where you went to become a superstar. And now it's really not, yes, you can still go there and probably make the most money, but it's really not, you can, you can go to impact and work four or five times a month and then go stream and make money your own way and be successful your own way. As opposed to now that the world is kind of, working its way back, being on the road 300 times a year again once they start touring and being away from your family and your kids and your all these things. So I think it's a, I think it's kind of like a potpourri of all this stuff, really. Like I think it's definitely there's a mental side to it where it jars people like, oh man, like my life is going to be different now. And that can be jarring, right? But I also think they're starting to see there's other ways to do it as well. And like you see it in other sports, like Carl mentioned other sports. Look at the NBA. I love the NBA, but look at the NBA. Five, six, seven years ago, you couldn't pick what team you wanted to go play for. You couldn't call up your friends and be like, hey, we should play together. Let's go there. And we're just going to tell our owners that they're going to trade us or let us go there. And that's where we're going to play. We saw Tom Brady do it in football last year. Yep. And I'm a Patriots guy. Tom, that hurt me, but we saw it. Yep. Like, I just think it's a cultural shift. And I think the pandemic made people kind of think uh, like of the workforce in general, like regular people, not athletes, not big time celebrities. It made us think like you're starting to see uh, throughout everything, like workers want to take a little bit of their power back. And they it, we're kind of getting there. And I think that's part of this, too. I do. You had mentioned some really, something really great there, Joe, that uh, WWE hasn't become that – 
end all, you know, the, the ultimate goal anymore. I mean, to, to some, it, it is to a certain extent, but there are some, um, that have realized, Hey, you know what? I can go to ring of honor. I can go to impact. I can go to new Japan and I can do just as well for myself, mm-hmm. uh, without having to go uh, to the WWE. There's definitely been a major shift in that, in that direction. Whether you want to, like you said, wrestle essentially part-time and do something yeah. on the side, that avenue is available as well. And uh, it's been very interesting to see the move away from that um, in the wrestling business. It's, it's, it's been interesting to watch. Yeah, definitely. So I don't know if we have uh, put this up on screen yet, but here, uh, our good friend Ryan. Thank you so much for coming by again. Ryan, Don, Don Lewis, Christopher, thank you all. I, I've noticed as well that our good friend Spencer uh, from Love Wrestling has also tuned in and given Hello. us some yes. hearts on Thanks, this. Thank you very much for that. But Ryan, yes, uh, he's a Capola, yeah. Uh, the industry's in his blood, 100%. And then this one here, oh, of course I did. <laughs> yeah. I, I absolutely love anything and everything that he does. It doesn't matter if he's got an accent, it do, like nothing, nothing at all, nothing at all <laughs> will will cloud my judgment on how much I love Nicolas Cage. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> hey, Spencer. Here right thank now. you, my friend. Here right now. Thank you so much. All right, so for our, our next topic here, uh, this one I almost wish that we had our friend Mr. Josh Robinson uh, on for this oh, one, yeah. uh, but he, knowing time zone differences, that dude's probably sleeping right now. Um, <laughs> so, but eventually we'll have to have Josh on this program. I think especially this month, that's a goal of mine. Um, this current state of, of women's professional wrestling. This is actually one of two, uh, one of two topics this week that stems from something that Triple H said, right? Recently, I forget if it was some type of interview or appearance or, or whatever of him essentially saying, you know, when it comes to women's professional wrestling, you have to the best are in WWE. This is where you have to be with women's wrestling. Um, I feel that that is not an accurate statement whatsoever. And I, I'm not going to be the type two to just point in one direction. I think that there's great women's professional wrestling across the globe and across promotions. Uh, and, I, and I think most notably for, for myself are the ones that I watch. Because full transparency, there's a lot of professional wrestling that I don't watch because there just frankly isn't enough time in the day to watch it all. It's impossible. But mm-hmm. most notably for myself would be in the NWA and over stardom in, in, uh, in Japan. I mean, some of the best women professional wrestlers uh, are in those promotions. Uh, we see Mickey James now over in the NWA. They're going to be doing this specific show to um, to women in the NWA, which I think is going to be fantastic. And then over at Stardom, like, you have this extremely talented young crop of women talent over there. And I stress the word young because, I mean, over there, they start training when they're like less than 10 years old. They're in there taking bumps, they're running the ropes. So, I mean, they can have a successful core group of of women there for a long time. Um, There is great, if you're somebody who's a fan of women's professional wrestling, you don't need to just look at the WWE. Look at all these other promotions and you're likely going to find some fantastic women's professional wrestling. That is just a fact. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pass it over to you, Joe. Yeah, and I agree with what spent. You know, we put up a couple of Spencer's comments. Like from a prom- from a promoter promotional standpoint, I have no issue. Like Spencer says here, with yeah. what Triple H said, he works for WWE. He should think WWE is the best. Hundred percent. I get it. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, I get that. But the way it was phrased, he said, "If you're not here, you're not the best. Like the best are here. So, and if you're not here, you want to be here. Yeah. And that's simply not true." 
because we know there are plenty of people, we're talking about women specifically in this segment, but there are plenty of people in all formats, male, female, whatever, that they don't have going to WWE isn't the goal, you know? And it was just a bizarre comment. And, and, and it, it was a bizarre comment in the way that the question wasn't asked, Hey Hunter, what is your what is your opinion on the state of women's professional wrestling? He was asked specifically about Mickey James, who they just fired her running an all women's event for a different promotion. And then him, who is part of the company who ran an all woman event a few years ago that was a very good event that was highly praised as it should have been, yep. played it off like, oh well, equality isn't just having your own show. No, no, no. It does. That's not what this is about. And then he kind of played it off like he like downplayed the significance of an all woman pay per view. When two years ago, your company yourself was playing up that an all woman pay per view was the greatest thing ever, which it was. We were all excited for it. But you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. You can't be excited for it, and then because somebody else is doing it, oh well, that's not what. No, no, that's not how that works. That's not how that works. That's what rubbed yeah. me the wrong way about it. Like. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you guys were touting up your all-woman evolution pay-per-view for months and weeks, as you should be promoting. But like, it was this big, important, cool thing for you guys a couple years ago, and now it's a big, important, cool thing for the NWA. But because you can't, what? Like, you can't give any. It was just that that part rubbed me the wrong <laughs> yeah. way most about it. Definitely. I mean, for me as well, it definitely did. Now, I, I, I do have to say here that I, I do agree with uh, with Don's statement here. Okay. AEW is rocking yeah. ladies wrestling right now. 100% they are. Women's wrestling in AEW has been fantastic, and I'm loving everything that's there. And then our friend Ryan. Okay. So, yeah, Thunder Rosa runs Mission Pro Wrestling in Texas. All women. Great collection of indie talent. Texas is a hotbed for wrestling right now for talent. And, and yeah, I mean, Texas has always been one of those hotbeds, 100%, but it just seems to have exploded over the last uh, year and a half or so, which during a pandemic is mind-blowing that mm -hmm. it's just been a hotbed, uh, but absolutely fantastic. Um, yeah, I mean, wow, wow. And like, I think Dawn might actually have hit it on the head here when he says but was that triple h or was that vince being the puppet master again you see it's it's but, yeah i don't know again, yeah to touch on that i feel like the more and more we hear triple h he sounds more and more like vince and i remember and i think i mentioned this on one of the love wrestling shows last week or whatever but like i remember the the thought process when we used to complain about WWE and the main roster and stuff was like, oh, well, you know, at one point it was, well, NXT is great. Like when Triple H is going to take over at some point and when he takes over, like everything's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be good again. And now you start hearing like this was bad, but there's been other questionable things that he said too within the last year, year and a half that you start to hear that stuff and you're like, is it? <laughs> is it going to be better or is it yeah. going to be literally the same just with Triple H instead of Vince, you know? And yeah. as far as women wrestling goes, like, yeah, there's talented women wrestlers everywhere and you can find good wrestling, women's wrestling matches everywhere. But there's still, you know, on AEW, as much as I love AEW, I do a show weekly about AEW. Like, they still get pigeonholed in that 9.30, five-minute squash match 
You know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. they do have two matches a week and it's cool and you get a you get a long form one and then but it it always seems like whenever there's a short match or there's going to be a planned shorter match on these main programs, it's a women's match. Or that just seems to be the trend yeah. late and it's like okay, like we know we have all these talented women on all these rosters, even WWE. They have Bailey, Sasha, Charlotte, Becky, who should be coming back soon. You look at NXT all the time. There's talent everywhere. But a lot of the time you see the talent, it's quick little matches where they're not really be being given all the time they need to really show what women's wrestling. Because for me, I enjoy women's wrestling a lot more than I enjoy the men's most of the time. Like the, I could have made an argument two, three years ago that the women were carrying WWE, carrying WWE. Yes. And now it's just not that way anymore. Bailey didn't even have a match at WrestleMania for crying out loud. Like, how does that happen? How does that happen? Yeah. Spencer, you're making mention that uh, over in uh, Ring of Honor that they're uh, going to have a really robust uh, women's division. I think, yeah, you know, especially coming out of the pandemic, you'll see that uh, rise back up as well. So I think needless to say that uh, we feel that there's uh, great women's wrestling across the world. And to our listeners out there, don't just limit yourself to WWE, especially even if you're just specifically a women's wrestling fan. Uh, there's uh, so much great stuff out there to, to watch, so make sure and check it all out. YouTube. That's all you got oh, to yeah. do. Go to YouTube oh, yeah. Yeah. and and search women's wrestling. You'll find wrestling from all over the world that is available for women's wrestling, and a lot of it is damn fantastic. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to our, our next topic here. Um, I figure since you know we have three of us on here, I think this would be a good topic to shoot uh, back and forth here. Uh, Dark Side of the Ring season three. You know we haven't really talked about. Uh, some of the episodes that have happened here on Terminal Talks. So I thought we'd uh, kind of touch on some of our favorite ones here. And uh, since we have JP uh, Jay here, uh, we'll throw this over to you first. Um, just general thoughts of the season and maybe get, give us a pick for one that's really stood out to you so far uh, with this season. Um, I, th- I, I think the season has been good. I think, you know, it's just a really well-made show. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I have never really seen an episode. I mean, I've had episodes that were like, okay, that was good, but the other ones stand out. But, like, I've never seen an episode where I was like, ah, that stunk. You know what I mean? Like, it's always been a solid show. I haven't – I the only two that I haven't seen from this season are the Warrior and the Grizzly Smith one. Yeah. Um, but from the ones I have seen, obviously the Pillman one was excellent. Um, I really liked – the Dynamite Kid one, the latest one, I thought that was really good. So Dynamite Kid for me, when yeah, the, yeah, Spencer nailed it. Yeah, mm. when I started watching wrestling like early '90s, Dynamite Kid was really already on his way out of WWE. Like I remember the British Bulldogs tag team, but that was from all, he was already gone when I started watching wrestling. So I knew who he was, um, and I went back and saw you know the old the old matches that I would rent from the video stores when those things existed and things like that and stuff like that. Um, but like seeing a little bit more about it and like seeing the style of wrestler he was like, we watched NXT takeover last night. Like a lot of that wrestling that happened throughout that event would not have happened if dynamite kid never wrestled. You know what I mean? And they made a good job in the, in the episode talking about like the guys from the nineties that took Owen Hart, all these guys that wrestled that way that he inspired, which is really like a lot of the main wrestling, the type of wrestling that people enjoy now, AEW, NXT, these hard hitting flips, high spot, like things like that. Even when those high spots in the eighties and nineties weren't what they are today, he was that type of wrestler, fast paced reversal submissions. Like 
he was he was one of the guys that not started it, but like he was one of those early guys that now that's how a lot of people wrestle, you know. So it's crazy to see his influences thirty years or forty years later, almost now, you know. And then all obviously the the crazy stuff with the wife, and I mean that stuff was heavy, but. Just that one was very intriguing to me to watch because I didn't know I knew who he was and I know obviously his legacy, but I didn't know a ton about him. Yeah, for myself, for for the, this third season of Dark Side, um, it's kind of a dead heat between two episodes that I've gotten uh, the most out of. I find uh, the one on uh, Aurelian uh, Smith. Uh, of course, we heard a lot from Aurelian Smith Jr., which is better known to the wrestling community as Jake the Snake Roberts. Um, I mean, I knew that there was a very, very dark side uh, to Jake's childhood that hadn't really, you know, been fully kind of public. And to, to kind of hear a lot of what uh, kind of transpired and, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, incest happening in the family, um, disturbing. But I, I think that... It was something that was really, I think, healthy for for Jake and his uh, his siblings to to finally kind of get out there. And they even hinted on the episodes that they're they're making a uh, an effort to actually reconcile and actually to get back together as a family, which is always a good thing. And then the other one for me is uh, the collision in Korea. Um, that one is wild. Something that I wasn't even really aware that that, that happened. And and to just see that um, like everything just surrounding the the, the the crowd there, but knowing that they were all forced to go. Um, and just like the, the attitude in North Korea, I mean, they, they were essentially like prisoners during their time there. Like even, uh, Bischoff talking about, you know, leaving the, uh, the hotel briefly just to run down the street and, you know, basically he felt like Godzilla running amok in Japan, you know, uh, or in this case in Korea, like it just like people just didn't see stuff like that. You, you don't see people out jogging in the streets. It's just, it's, you, know, you get shot for that. Yeah. Right. Um, it just, it was, it was a real eye opener and getting to hear a little bit too from Antonio Noki was really, really, really cool. And uh, to, to see stuff about Muhammad Ali as well. And just, it was, it was, it was for me that that was a really kind of crazy episode. Uh, and, and just um, one that I learned a lot from, right. Then those are my favorite ones. Of course, the Pillman episode and as well was, that was really, really good. That two parter was, uh, was quite something uh, with dynamite too. I mean, you had nailed it too, Joe, that uh, I mean, if it wasn't for dynamite, I mean, that style would have rubbed off on a lot of people, but mm-hmm. uh, to, just to find out, I wasn't aware that there was such a quote unquote dark side to, to dynamite. And so yeah. again, you know, that was an episode Real where dark. I learned yeah. a lot. So, um, and that's one thing that's been really good with this series, not just this season, but this entire series for me is that, um, I thought I knew a lot about the wrestling business, but as we had kind of hinted at earlier, you, there's always room to learn more. And that's my biggest takeaway from this series is that I have learned a lot. So I'm extremely thankful to the people at Vice uh, TV for putting uh, this series on. I've been digging it. I definitely have been too. Um, I was able to catch the last three episodes today, which was absolutely fantastic to be able to, uh, to do and to see. Um, so, I mean... It's already been touched on, but the Pillman episode was absolutely fantastic. Um, and the Grizzly Smith one, um, yeah, I, I learned today. I did not know that Rockin' Robin, former WWF yeah. women's champion, Jake's sister, is Jake the Snake Roberts' sister. Oh, I, I haven't seen that episode, so that's uh, news to me right this moment. Okay, <laughs> I did not know that. Me, me either. I did. I, I knew. I knew Grizzly Smith was his dad. But I didn't know that anybody else, and I won't spoil the rest for you, but I I didn't know that other members of the family 
were in the professional wrestling business. So I was yeah. I was blown away to learn that today. And what what I what I really love about the Dark Side of the Ring series is that they don't just go and crap on the person. Um, they really have a good eclectic mix of people who maybe are not so fond of this character or this person, but then they have those that are very much so friends and fans and they kind of meld the two of them nicely together and always end off the episode on a very good note, as opposed to leaving things with a very bad taste in people's mouths. So every episode that I have seen really has ended that way with an uplift at the end of it instead of a downer, which is absolutely fantastic. And I mean, even to see like Lance Storm coming out and, and helping and doing some episodes as well, like that's, Holy crap. Like I Yeah. Yeah. Lance I haven't seen Lance Storm in years. Jacques Rougeau. Um seeing Jacques Rougeau again was really cool. Yeah, yeah Jacques Rougeau, Waylon yeah. Mercy. Yeah. I mean, like holy jumping. Like yeah. I was I was excited to see these people again because these are people that I grew up watching. Yeah. And now to kind of hear stories yeah. um and, and their recollection of what had happened. Very, yeah. very interesting. So if if you guys have not seen Dark Side of the Ring, um, go and do whatever you can to find it. Uh, and I'm sure uh, if you, you have uh, cable television, uh, most cable TV now has uh, on demand. I'm sure you can probably find it on demand. If you're mm-hmm. using online streaming services, Crave TV has it. Yep. So, I mean, subscribe to Crave if you don't have it because it's just fantastic. Um, and it has all the episodes, all three mm-hmm. seasons are available there. It's definitely well worth yeah. the watch. Oh, yeah, what sure. is uh, what is our friend Spencer here saying? I had absolutely no context to anything when I tuned into Grizzly Smith, and what an incredible watch. Obviously, for awful, awful reasons, for a lot. But like Carl said, oh, thanks. <laughs> it was cool to hear it end with some optimism yeah. on the part of the children. Yeah, Joe Joe had mentioned that as well. Uh, Mighty Joe mentioned that about the, uh, uh, hopefully, the family kind of coming back together and uh, building a bond between them all, which all of them said, I would love to be able to do that. So yeah. hopefully, maybe, maybe yeah. we'll see Vice TV. Never know. Bring that to us. That would be be fantastic. Cool. And like I said in this most recent episode too, it was really cool. As a French Canadian myself, to see Jacques Rougeau uh, again was really cool. I had no idea that uh, he had that kind of side to him as well. It was hearing him drop aff shots and that kind of stuff was a little jarring for me. But uh, I mean, yeah, uh, when they but uh, when they talked about the Rougeau incident, that's like kind of infamous. Like that was that was crazy. Really crazy, especially with him telling it and being like with the quarters and all (laughs) that. And you could see he was like like you said he was screaming f-bombs into the camera like yeah. he was like yeah it was something yeah it was definitely something looking forward to uh, the rest of that season for sure all right guys let us get to our breaking news segment All right, so for breaking news segment, I think we'll keep this one relatively short here this week because we do still want to get to our match of the week and our showstopper segment. Um, I guess the biggest piece of breaking news is the very strong possibility, it seems, that 
not only will Samoa Joe be returning to the WWE, but he may be the new GM of NXT. Mm-hmm. That is interesting, to say the very least. I'll throw that over to you, JPJ. What do you think on this possible uh, very soon shift over from just letting this man go to now we're already bringing him back in? Yeah. Um, well, it makes you kind of wonder why they would let him go in the first place, right? Yeah. A guy of that caliber. Yeah. Um, I feel, look, it. I'm happy he's, according to the reports, coming back. I love Samoa Joe. I think we all do. Um, But as happy as I am with the rumor going around that he might be the person that replaces Regal on NXT, like, yes, I want to see Joe on TV every week, but I want to see Joe wrestle. And I, so it's like, yes, I'm happy he's back. Yes. I, you know, anywhere, really. I love Joe. I want to see Joe. But at the same time, this makes me think that he's probably still not cleared or maybe not physically okay to handle wrestling full-time again or whatever. And that makes me sad because I would like to see him get one more legitimate at least run anywhere. But if they're going to keep him in WWE, like how has that man not held a world title on the main row? Like how did that happen? How did that happen? (laughs) Come on. Like you know what I mean? So like I'm glad he's back. I'm glad – it sounds like we're going to be seeing him very soon, but at the same time, it's kind of a bummer that it might and probably won't be in a wrestling manner because I think that's really all how that's how we want to see Joe right is in the ring just beating the crap out of people. You know, that's what yeah. he does best. What was your take on that uh, in this whole situation here, Carl? It's a little crazy to think that uh, it, it's almost maybe maybe not the greatest reference, but it's almost like kind of taking an ex girlfriend back when she just dumped you. Kind of. I mean, my mind is is more leaning towards um, Triple H throwing his weight around uh, with Vince, right? Because essentially, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, everything goes through Vince. And it would have been Vince that made the call to let Samojo go. Whereas Triple H was like, (laughs) what do you think you're doing? Nope. He's coming back, and I'm going to have him on NXT. If you don't want him on Raw or SmackDown, I'm going to have him on NXT. How about that, Dad? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's kind of how it feels to me right now, yeah. is that Triple H just kind of stepped over top of Vince and was like, if you're going to throw him away, I'll take him, and I'll show you how good he is. And when you want him back, maybe. Maybe I'll let you have him for Raw or SmackDown. Mm-hmm. That's how I'm feeling about this. Yeah. I'm super happy about it, though. I mean, don't get me wrong, 100%. And I, just like JPJ says, I hope that we get to see him wrestle again because I have always been a fan of Smoa Joe. Yeah. As anyone who has watched this show before, you know that I am a fan of the bigger guys and the way that they work, especially somebody like Samoa Joe, you're talking the big boss man, Vader, like all of these guys who could do these high caliber moves inside that ring and be a big guy because I was a big guy. It was just super fantastic, right? So I'm yep. I'm I'm happy. I'm excited. And and I hope that we do get to see him wrestle again. For sure, for sure. All right, guys. Um, like I said, we'll, well, I think we'll keep it to that for the breaking news for this week. But before we do get to our sh- our break and our showstopper segment. Let's do a match of the week. (laughs) 
All right, so for our Match of the Week segment here, in typical Turnbuckle Talk fashion, we will pass it off to our guest, Mr. JPJ. Uh, what was your favorite week, or favorite, not favorite week, favorite match from this week that was professional wrestling? All right, so I have two that are sticking out to me. Um, it's hard, but I have the six-man from AEW Dynamite where it was Pac, Penta, and Eddie Kingston versus the Bucks and Cutler. And I have that ladder match from TakeOver last night. It was really, really, really good. Uh, But I think because I am on the war report, I will go with the six-man tag from Dynamite. I thought that was love. I mean, obviously, Cutler doesn't – we don't – for his role in that match, Cutler was great. He was there to get his ass ass kicked in revenge for what he did the week prior. And even in the moments where they gave him a little bit of offense, he was more than fine. But when you talk about the other five specifically and the Young Bucks, Pac, one of the best wrestlers on the planet, Penta, who has been in a good groove lately. I know he's hit or miss sometimes, but lately he's been in a groove where he's been hitting all his stuff and looking good. And Eddie Kingston, who doesn't love that guy? Um, I thought the match was just awesome, fast-paced. Everyone got their crap in. Uh, Cutler was there for the pin and the punching bag segments and stuff like that. And... I loved Pac even adding a little bit of humor, which we don't see from him when he was mocking the Young Bucks with the pose and things like that. It, it was good. It was good. And I love the dynamic of Kingston and Pac being teammates, but not Pac not trusting him, which is obvious, you know, Pac being Pac. But um, and then towards the end when they did the dive together and Kingston was like, come on, let's do it. Come on together. And he's like, come on. And then he finally did it. And the, the whole dynamic and the build to everything. I thought that was my match of the week. For for myself, you had actually made a hint at it there, Joe. For me, my favorite match is from NXT TakeOver in your house. Uh, this was a match that had a trifecta of success for me, right? It included the Million Dollar Championship. It included mm-hmm. the combination of Cameron Grimes and LA Knight and Million Dollar Man. Uh, those are elements of success for a successful match in my mind. So for that reason and that reason, not only alone, but it uh, makes it uh, my favorite. Uh, I've always been a big fan of the Million Dollar Man. And just seeing that kind of rub off on these guys a little bit is absolutely fantastic in my personal opinion. So and they just they executed a great match. Um, I'm a big fan of the ladder match gimmick, and um, they pulled out some old school stuff and incorporated some new school elements. It, it's uh, it's solid. If you haven't had a chance to watch it, just do yourself a favor and do so. You, I Carl? definitely loved the idea of having that championship in a briefcase up top. Yeah. Made it just uh, feel that much more prestigious, yeah. which was absolutely fantastic. My match of the week, we talked about women's wrestling earlier. I'm going to go back to the NXT pay-per-view, Raquel Gonzalez versus Ember Moon. Absolutely, for myself, a fantastic matchup to watch, um, considering Raquel only like three years in the business. Absolutely fantastic with everything that was done. I don't know what more I can say about it. I was pleasantly surprised and very happy. The only note that I really took down for that matchup was I was not happy with the way it ended. I would have preferred Ember Moon, but we all know that uh, 
you know, Raquel has got a very good push going right now. And she hasn't had that championship for too, too long. Mm. So I, I, I kind of expected that she was going to keep it so that they could uh, build up a little bit more with her. But uh, in time, in time, we're going to see Ember Moon with that championship around her waist again. And I am going to cheer like crazy the day that that happens absolutely all right guys we're gonna take a brief break here and hear from our friends over at collar and but um we're gonna play since we um are part of the love wrestling family now i think that our other collar and elbow ad here is very suiting and we can really find out from a lot of these talents who are associated with collar and, and just what wrestling means to them and how much they love it wrestling wrestling what does wrestling mean to me? It's something I always wanted. Always. What wrestling means to me is an escape. What does professional wrestling mean to me? It means life. All my life, I've been hit a pit. I've been struggling with my voice and my hearing. Wrestling means so much to me because when I'm in the ring, I'm not that girl who can't hear. I'm not that girl who you know, I guess what wrestling really means to me is freedom. Growing up, I always wanted to be more like the other girls, a bit smaller, a bit more petite. I didn't feel like I fitted in until I found pro wrestling, and then suddenly there was somewhere that I did fit in. What does pro wrestling mean to me? It means family. Professional wrestling to me means strength, not just physical strength, but emotional mental strength. Having the strength to go out there and show the world who you are. In the real world, you know, I have to hide, I have to fake, I have to put on a mask. But in wrestling, I can be strong or I can be weak. Wrestling to me means life. It's my life. It's everything I know. It's everything I do. I wake up and go to sleep breathe wrestling. I am wrestling. Believe that's what wrestling means to me. Discipline, sacrifice, and devotion. Wrestling was always my dream since I was little and you know I come from a little country in Italy, a very small town and nobody believed that I was able to leave Italy and come in America and train art to be a professional wrestler but that was I did. So what wrestling means to me is passion and wrestling truly to me means empowerment and fun because I don't have a better time than when I'm in that ring. Professional wrestling has brought me so much joy. I, I just can't even put it into words sometimes. Wrestling to me is the biggest constant in my life. Everything I do revolves around it. My diet, my training, in the gym, in the ring, whatever have you. Wrestling means to me is that it's something that you can express yourself with without any judgment. For me, I want women's wrestling to not be women's wrestling. I want it to be wrestling. It's shown me strength and courage and power and to be completely untouchable. Plain and simple, what professional wrestling means to me is, is everything. I wouldn't give up what I do on a nightly basis for anything else in this world. Wrestling is freedom and I am born free. Collar and elbow. The 
wrestling brand. All right, so there we go. A word from our friends over at CollarNoblebrand.com. And a bit of a longer uh, commercial, I know, but uh, you really get a sense for what uh, that brand w- was built around. And, you know, we definitely share uh, a lot of the sentiments here. I love wrestling. You really get a feel from all the, the, the names that you heard from there of just the, the passion, the dedication, the work uh, that goes into loving wrestling, so to speak. And, um, of course, if you use our promo code JK Podcast at the checkout, you will get a very sweet 10% off your entire order there. So make sure to check that out. Always great merchandise over there. And just built around a passion for pro wrestling, which... Is seems to be just a, something that we all share here, and what uh, even brings us together here on this program today. And with that said, absolutely perfectly, let's make our way over to our showstopper segment. All right, so for this week for our showstopper segment. It's um, kind of the name of our episode this week. Uh, Do wrestling fans ruin it for themselves? This is um, quite a topic. Uh, now that I really kind of think about it, uh, there, there's a lot that we can kind of stick our teeth into here. Um, I'll start off with myself here to kind of uh, set the tone. I guess is when it comes to to fans. It's especially in the age of social media. I think that a lot of fans think that they know what, how, how to run the shows and how to kind of book matches and so to speak. So a lot of people feel that they have a little bit of inside knowledge so they figure that they know it all, which kind of brings that full circle to what we were talking about earlier, that uh, there is nobody that knows it at all. You may think that you know a little bit, but maybe you don't know as much as you think. Um, and at the same time, too, I understand because without an audience, professional wrestling would have no reason to exist. So it, it's, it's a constant kind of pull and, and, and tug here of with this it's tough man because I think that there are some people that do ruin wrestling for themselves in a large extent sometimes I, I feel even that for myself with some matches I feel like maybe I overanalyze too much and I'm potentially missing out on some matches but at the same time too and I mentioned this on our stream last night here that especially with the main event from NXT TakeOver I had no notes for that match because I was just fully invested watching what was kind of happening so it's one of those ones where I'm, I, I'm kind of on the fence when it comes to uh, fan opinions because I know that there's a place for it, but sometimes those opinions and those uh, takes are um, you know unwarranted as well. So it's 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 a pull and it's a push and pull for me. I'm gonna throw this over to your way, uh, Joe. Here, what do you think on uh, on fans? Do, do do a lot of fans kind of ruin it for themselves, or are they justified uh, a lot of times in what, in what they say? Uh, all right. So my, th- yeah, it's tough. It's tough my man. thing is right. Everyone is entitled to their opinion, but everyone needs to also understand that like your opinion is not the only one that matters. And, and for a lot of us, us little guy, I'm one guy in Massachusetts, right? So I am one guy in Massachusetts. I care about my opinion, but in the scheme of things, my opinion doesn't matter that much. So it's, it's, it's one of those things where like, I agree with you, Joe. I do think there are certain things that I watch wrestling and I do overanalyze. I wish this thing happened and it didn't. And that will make me sour on the whole thing. No, I don't, I don't usually take it publicly like some wrestling fans do. And that's a little bit of overkill. And then if you disagree with them, it's the end of earth, you know, like that part of it. But that's with kind of any medium, sadly, wrestling, sport, whatever it is. That's just the way 
things seem to be now. But um, I do think fans ruin it for themselves. I think they tried. They think they're the booker. I think they they are expecting every wrestling company to cater to them and just them. Yeah. And it's like, well, this is what I like. So you should be giving me what I like. And when if you don't give me what I like, I'm going to go here, here, and here and tell you that you suck. <laughs> and then if anybody disagrees with me, they suck. And then it's just all, and it's like, no, no, no. Like, yes, are there things I like and not like about most wrestling shows? Yeah, I can find something I didn't like in any show that I watch. And I can find a lot of things that I did like. Not everything is catered to me. They're not catering it to JPJ. They're catering they're catering it to millions of people. Exactly. So like at some point as a wrestling fan, it's okay to have opinions on each thing that's going on, but you got to like step back and realize that like it's not all just for you. It's not all just for you. And I think if we can kind of navigate that somehow, you might see a little bit of improvement because wrestling fans definitely don't make it easy for the rest of us. You know, like I feel like the three of us from getting to know you over these last few months, we're pretty even keel, mild, mild mannered people. We like watching wrestling. We hope things happen. We're critical when we want to be, but we're pretty level headed, right? Like we don't, we don't need everything catered just to us. We're not fighting people. We're not starting arguments, but there are plenty of people that do. And it's like, you hear some of these things like, and, and then you go to like a greater level of things. Like some of these fans that like take it to that next level of like, you know, it's just like you got to find a way to be able to be a fan and not not cross boundaries or do anything stupid. Yep. You know, and uh, just briefly on that before I pass over to Carl here and we can wrap up the episode. Uh, when it comes to the opinion aspect of things, you, know, you see, it especially on social media interactions, I'll, I'll put this out there into to the world and then see what we get here. If Beaver, how can I say this? If you're going to give an opinion, don't expect it to just everybody to agree with you or yeah. or don't expect uh, people to disagree with you. If you can't handle uh, people disagreeing with your opinion, maybe keep your opinions to yourself because it's, it, it's impossible for you to put an opinion about their even just outside of professional wrestling, uh, whether it be like a social topic or a greater issue like that, if you aren't comfortable with people disagreeing with your opinion, maybe keep that to yourself. If you can't handle that, don't put it out there because you will be nothing but disappointed. Um, and when it comes to professional wrestling opinion, I mean, you can have great back and forth. Carl and I know each other for the better part of over 30 years now. Do we agree on, on everything? Absolutely not. But we can have a good, healthy back and forth without saying, well, oh, because you know, we're, what, 200-something episodes? Carl has a, a different opinion on something than me, so I'm going to pretend like he's dead to me now. Right? That's, that's not going to happen. You can't have. You can't think that way. It's not healthy, uh, whether it be uh, a podcast personality or whether it be a professional wrestling fan or whether it be a professional wrestler. If you can't handle opinions, you're in the wrong business. That's all mm -hmm. I will say. I'll throw that over to you, Carl. Before I give my opinion here on this entire situation, let me take a drink of my non-sponsored Dr. Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Oh, so tasty. <laughs> I'm going to keep this very simple, short, and sweet, okay? So in the world now today, there are people that are called Karens. <laughs> so you people that are going out there and being keyboard warriors, there's a name for you as well. It's a smirk. 
a smart mark. I have a t-shirt that I wear occasionally that says I'm with Mark and has an arrow pointing to one of the sides. When I feel the need to pull that shirt out, I definitely do. Don't be a smart Mark. If you have an opinion, put it out there, sure. But when your opinion gets challenged, don't become a smart Mark. Don't become an idiot about it. Don't be a Karen. Just say, that's a... Very different opinion. Thank you. And move on with your life. Mm -hmm. Agree to disagree. That's it. Like, it's okay. It's okay. The world was built on people that did not see eye to eye on all issues. It shouldn't be hard. And I know, you know, this goes well beyond wrestling too, but that's just the world it seems we're living in. And if you don't agree with me, F you. F you. You are dead to me. You don't need. And it's like, okay, I get it. But like. How do you grow? You have conversations. You talk about differences. You make compromise. You figure things out, right? That's how we grow as humans. And yeah, that's how we grow as wrestling fans too. Yeah, I might not agree with this. Okay, well, maybe you run into a conversation with someone who changes your opinion because that can happen. Yeah. And if you're maybe not your opinion, but it can change your idea of something. And that's how we all kind of get it. Like, it's just bizarre to me this. Oh, you don't agree with me? Well, that means you're a piece of crap. I'm not talking to you. Okay, hey. well, yep. good. Some, All right. some, some of the worst conflicts and uh, darkest moments in human history have just stemmed from a, a differing viewpoint in ideology or, or religion, religious beliefs or just personal beliefs, right? Agree, like like JBJ oh, just said, yeah. agree to disagree. Again, you can, opinion-wise, you're never going to have everybody agree with you. But you can put that out there into the world, like-minded people may think the same. Other-minded people won't think the same. It is just a matter of fact. It just it's it's never going to be. Not everybody's going to be on the same plane uh, of thought. Just not. It's not going to happen. No. Best way I can no. say it. All right, Carl, JPJ. Let's round things up here. Let's get uh, our plugs and then uh, make our way out of here. Uh, JPJ. Outside of what we're doing right now, what do you have going on these days for over at Love Wrestling for people who are maybe seeing you for the first time here? Yeah, well, first and foremost, thank you for having me on again. It was a pleasure, uh, sir. Hell of a time, again, as it was last week as well. Uh, yeah, Love Wrestling, I have a few things that I do. I try to hop on. We do our Love Wrestling Reacts after every major show, so whenever I am available, I hop on as many of those as I can. But for me specifically, um, I have a show called The War Report that I do with my buddy Matt Sell. We call him The Franchise. Um we do those – the this month we're doing them two shows a week. Thursday mornings are our NXT review and Sunday mornings are our AEW review because AEW has been pushed to Fridays or Saturdays because of the NBA. Um, and then on Thursday nights, as you mentioned earlier today, Joe, at the top of the show, I have a, sh- I have a show at 8.30 p.m. Uh, all right, on Twitch. It's called Between Two Beards with John Plugo, as we call him. That show is a lot of fun too. We uh, – we, very much involved the people watching the chat we have guests on we do lists we do drafts we kind of just you know shoot the s about wrestling we try to keep it you know a little more not routine based like we kind of ebb and flow and just kind of go as the show goes but it works for us um yeah man that's been a blast the war report's been a blast just everything um but yeah that's really what i do on a weekly basis when it comes to love wrestling please if you haven't checked any of it out check it out it's a lot of fun it's a lot, a lot of fun. Absolutely. Right before we head out here, Carl, uh, let's let everybody know about our sponsors. 
our sponsors. We have two amazing sponsors right now in Phoenix at fnxfit.com. If you're into supplements for working out or need just something comfortable to wear when you're working out, go to fnxfit.com. While you're there, everything that you add into your cart that is not a rotating monthly plan Everything else that you add into your card, if you use the promo code TBTALKPOD, you're going to get yourself 15% off that entire order, which is absolutely fantastic. And our other sponsor, you heard from them earlier. You heard from all the women earlier at collarandelbowbrand.com. Go and check out collarandelbowbrand.com. Anything that you put into your cart there, whether it is brand new or clearanced merchandise, you're going to get 10% off that entire order when you use promo code JKPODCAST. There you go. Make your way over to fnxfit.com and collarandelbowbrand.com. And of course, make sure we still have it ticking across the bottom there. Make sure and go check out donate.tiltify.com forward slash at love wrestling CA forward slash Trevor Project. As I mentioned, if you can't financially donate, no worries. Just share the link out and uh, get the word to support this wonderful cause. You know, uh, I, I think that the coolest part about the Trevor Project is helping people in the LGD, LGBT plus community dealing with mental health issues dealing with suicide prevention that that for, for me is the, the coolest part of this and just for us being able to play a part in in supporting this great cause um it's, it's just been absolutely amazing to see the feedback and just the the outpouring of a support for this we've already killed our goal to the point where we've extended our goal absolutely amazing uh, to see that um when it comes to carl and myself over at love wrestling coming up this week on wednesday for turnbuckle rewind we're going to be going back to 2004 with the uh nwa slash tna pay-per-view um the very first ever king of the mountain match between ron the truth killings better known now known as our truth versus jeff jarrett versus aj styles versus raven versus chris harris that is going to be a banger match. Looking forward to talking about that one and watching that match. I haven't watched that match in years, literally years. It's going to be cool, and I hope that you guys enjoy watching it as well. And just so that everybody knows, you can find that at lovewrestling.ca. For everything that you have heard, including this program, you can find it at lovewrestling.ca. It is an amazing website to go to, very easy to navigate, beautifully scrolling across the top with the latest episodes of everything available. Make sure you go and check out lovewrestling.ca. All right, Carl, JPJ, it's been a pleasure, boys. We'll see you guys on the next one. It's me, it's me, it's an honor to be the beat. As you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheMarks.com. And I invite everyone to continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have content, especially lit up by the flagship show. You can find that all at HittingTheMarks.com. Run.